This is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brian Andrew. I'm here with my favorite wild card upset, Stephen Glendo. How you doing? I'm ready to make some wild calls uh, this week for wild card weekend. Um, we are done with the regular season. There was some crazy um, upsets and some some things that didn't go certain ways for playoff implications. <clears throat> Jacksonville, I'm looking mm-hmm. at you. But here we are, wild card weekend. You know, you wait all year to play fantasy football. I'm sure everybody has a favorite team, right? Or at least a majority of people have a favorite team. And so, like, other than, like, fantasy football going on, you know, for the first or for all the, you know, up until week 17, like, once fantasy football's ended, you're hoping that your team made the playoffs and now you're ready to go um, for the playoffs. So... Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like both of our teams made the playoffs this year. They did. They did. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I wanted to have my team not make the playoffs this year at the beginning of the season because I thought they were going to just be middling. And I didn't want them to be middling and then have a mid first round pick. I wanted them to either lose all the games and have a high first round pick or make the playoffs. And I guess they made the playoffs, you know. Uh, and you're about to say my team is the Rams. I was, yeah, and then you know, for those of you listening, my team is the Chiefs. Um, if we did video podcast, you'd see my Super Bowl flag behind me. But um, we're gonna have to get Brian a Super Bowl flag because I don't see any Rams uh, memorabilia or fandom mm. items there. Oh, I think I have something around here. Hold on, let me see. I think I have something. Well, until hold on. It's funny because I I went to SoFi Stadium that season after they won the Super Bowl, and I was like, you know, like I'll admit, like it's uh, I don't I didn't feel like there's a lot of culture there, and I understand that part of it probably comes from sharing the space with the Chargers. But I was like, I was looking around, I was like, the only the only thing that makes this place look like it's a Ram Stadium is the banner up there. <laughs> That's it. It's just like it's just like I don't know. It looks like a with the stadium being so big, it just looks like an eight by eleven like piece of paper that's up in the the rafters there. But you know, that's that the only thing down, that they take down every other weekend for the Chargers. Yeah, it's just it like the, the, the stadium looks like an IKEA with, with uh, maybe the Rams logo on the field. That's about it. <laughs> well, I mean, let's get into these matchups here. Uh, we won't dive too much into details of you know individual players, but it's always fun to predict the playoffs. Um, First game of the weekend on Saturday is the Cleveland Browns against the Houston Texans. That's right. I said the Houston Texans. Brian, at the beginning of this season, before this season, when we did our AFC um, South preview, Brian said, this is going to sound crazy right now, but the Texans can win the division. And here we are. 18 weeks later or 20 weeks later talking about the Texans winning the division and Mm -hmm. now they're playing against the Cleveland Browns who have been on a hot streak as of late. Joe Flacco has been on fire. Um, Who do you got in this one? Uh, Browns are at Houston. So, okay. So, there's a part of me that wants to pick the Texans because I picked the juggernaut Texans at the beginning of the season. It was a weak division. It proved out to be a somewhat weak division. 
the Texans did pretty well. But as a fan of the sport of football, if you can't get behind the Cleveland Browns story with Joe Flacco, <laughs> then what are we doing? Like, I understand if your team is facing the Browns, then you don't really care for it. But I, I honestly think it would be perfect for it to be like a Browns Lions Super Bowl this year. Just it will remind me of when the Cubs played Cleveland in the World Series a few years back. You know, it's two, for the most part, disappointing franchises. So for this matchup, I'm going to pick with my heart. And I'm going to go with Cleveland to beat the Texans. Rookie quarterback, one of the best defenses in the league is Cleveland. Texans are a really good, well-rounded team, but they have their own injuries. They they sometimes can't get the running game going. I think Cleveland's going to come up with the upset here. And not only because it's an upset, it's just because they're the way team. But outside of that, this I think this is a very evenly matched game. Yeah, but, I... I um... I think it's going to be a lot closer than it was in week 16 when the Browns went to Houston and they they ended up winning that game 36 to 22. But if my memory serves me correct, I don't think that CJ Stroud played that game or that was the game where he got a concussion and um in the second quarter, I believe. So I love the Cinderella story with the Houston Texans. I think they're on the come up. The next couple of years, they're going to only get better. I think they'll continue to win the division or at least fight for the division. But I think this is where the clock strikes 12. The Cleveland Browns are just too hot right now. They're filling themselves. I mean, I think I said this at the beginning of the season. I felt like the Cleveland Browns, I took the Cleveland Browns to win the division. And I think with all the uh, discombobulation with quarterback for those couple of weeks, I think kind of threw them off course. But they got Joe Flacco, who is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Let's not forget. And mm-hmm. I think he's going to lead them to a wild card weekend win. So I'm taking the Cleveland Browns as well. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll, like, this could be, and I think, like, if we're, if we're just painting it, if I, if I could counter both of us right now, like, CJ Stroud has an opportunity to be, like, to prove himself to be, like, because one of my questions I was going to ask you, and I'll just ask it now real quick. Is there anybody in the playoffs right now who has the most to gain fantasy-wise from performing in these playoffs? And I was like, it's probably C.J. Stroud. Like, if he if he goes out there and he absolutely performs like a top 10 quarterback in these playoffs, win or lose, like he throws for 300-something yards, three to four touchdowns, the game is close, he looks good. If he knocks off the Browns and then he does it again maybe the next week, he has the most to gain. Like He will solidify himself probably in a top six, seven QB spot in fantasy next year if he can pull that off. Whereas yeah. like if you look at the Browns, I don't know if anyone really gains anything fantasy-wise from this. Like I'm just, just from a fantasy perspective, like the Texans have the most to gain fantasy-wise. So if they do well, I think a lot of players' stock goes up for next season. Yeah, no, that's a good point. There's a second game on Saturday, mm-hmm. which is exclusively on Peacock. I don't have Peacock, by the way, so I'm going to have to see if I can get like a seven-day free trial or something because I need to watch this game. 
I might just get Peacock for a month just to watch this game. That um, makes sense. Dolphins, Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs. They did play earlier in the season, uh, but they played an international game. Okay, so, so you don't you don't count it. I count the game, but the Dolphins didn't play in Arrowhead, even though you know the Chiefs were the home team. They ended up playing. Uh, I think it was Germany that they played. Mm-hmm. So. I think this game will be a little bit closer than it was. Both teams had all their players, you know, in Germany, but it's hard to really justify an international game because there's so much it's outside travel, stuff. Yeah, stuff there's like so that, many yeah. other outside components to it. So I think this is going to be a lot closer. Um, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a homer, but I think the Chiefs are going to win this one. I think they're going to figure it out. They're not going to be as explosive as they as they've been in the past, but I think that they're going to figure it out enough that the defense can hold their own and the offense will put up points. Plus, the Dolphins are kind of dealing with their own injuries on the defensive side, so um, I think it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for them. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm I'm taking the Chiefs in, in, in this game here. I know Tyreek Hill is also dealing with his own lingering injuries. I think he's technically questionable for this game, which I know he's probably going to play. Like, I don't think he's missing this game. But I don't know. It's just, okay, let me put the ceiling of the Dolphins is higher than the ceiling of the Chiefs, in my opinion. At this moment in time. In this moment. The floor, though, of the Chiefs is better. And I feel like in a playoff game, you start playing I'm not saying teams are playing the floor, but you start seeing the floor a little bit. You know, mistakes matter more, the games are tighter, the defenses are tighter. So the floor makes me want to pick the Chiefs. But as of two weeks ago, the Dolphins probably wouldn't have been home for this game, you know, because they were the AFC champion the AFC East champions until the Bills knocked them off. I'm going to pick the Dolphins. I'm not entirely confident with it, but I'm going to pick the Dolphins. I do feel like they're, they're a little bit more explosive, explosively offense. If it's a tight game in the fourth quarter, I'd rather have the explosive offense. But the Chiefs do have the best quarterback amongst the two. He's been here before. That's why I feel more confident. with. Okay, I'll put it to you this way. I feel more confident with the Chiefs. Pick a team, team. man. Pick a team. I feel more confident with the Chiefs defense and Patrick Mahomes than I feel anybody on Miami, but I feel more confident with just Miami's players in general. I'm picking Miami. All right. There you have it. When Brian was talking um, about picking Miami, you know, the first time around when we started talking about this game, I gave him this very passive aggressive look. So, um, (laughs) Hey, you know what? You were right about the Texans. You might be right about Miami, but uh, I feel like, like you said, every mistake matters. And I think the big thing for me is that the Miami Dolphins haven't proven to be that team when it counts. That makes sense. You know, that's fair. And that's, had- that's kind of that's kind of what steers me. And I, I can never go against the Chiefs, even if I knew for a fact that they were going to lose. Like, I, you know, I'd always choose them. But I think, you know, from a objective perspective like the dolphins haven't shown up when it matters mm-hmm. the dolphins aren't or haven't been in these situations before and I, like you like you said it's going to come down to who makes the least amount of mistakes and i think in this instance it's going to be turnovers who gives up the ball less and i think 
I think the Dolphins are going to turn the ball over a little bit more. If the Dolphins' offense could get rolling, then I think it will be difficult for the Chiefs to win this game. If the Dolphins are under 21 points in the fourth quarter of this game, then I think it's a Chiefs game. I'll be honest with you about that. But it's, yeah, I'm still picking the Dolphins. <laughs> hey, it's a free country. You get to pick who you want to pick. <laughs> this takes us. This is going to take us right into Sunday with the first game on Sunday. The Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers, at the Buffalo Bills. Two teams that shouldn't be in the playoffs right now. You think the Bills shouldn't be in the playoffs? I think so. Oh wow! They they've they I think since uh, Sean McDermott's uh, comments about you know a certain uh, date in American history, he they've been like five and one or something like that, or five and zero oh or something like that. They <laughs> that that is true. They have pulled together as a team. So if you're speaking about the Browns being on fire going to the playoffs, the Bills are in there too. Like in that the conversation. Bills are, I would say the Bills are in that conversation. I think the Bills are going to win this. I don't. We don't really need to discuss much of this because I think, yeah, they are coming in hot. Yeah. The thing that holds the Steelers back, other than now TJ Watt is probably not going to play with a sprained MCL. He'll be out for a few weeks, so the Steelers are going to have to win a couple. I don't think the Steelers can win on the road with a quarterback that, again, has not proven himself. Has he been better as of late? Yes, but I don't think that he is – a caliber quarterback that you need to win on the road against mm. a hot Bills team in Buffalo. So the, I'm going to leave it at that. The Steelers are the most five and twelve team to be ten and seven and make the playoffs. <laughs> like exactly, yeah. They 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 have not proven this year to be good at all. Um, they just managed to get wins there and there. I expect. I'm not, I'm not going to predict a blowout, but I expect the Bills to probably win by double digits. Dang. Well, I wasn't going to go that far, but this this easily seems like it's a like a thirty-one to twenty-one game, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, the afternoon game, and this is I'm going to kind of counter your argument of the Texans having the most to prove fantasy wise, but we have the Green Bay Packers at the Mm -hmm. Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. And I talked about this in the preseason. Uh, The Packers, I think we're going to be a pretty, or I shouldn't say a pretty good team, but they were going to be better than expectation. And I, I said that Jordan Love, I think, would be a steal in drafts. And there I go, not listening to my own advice. I didn't pick up Jordan Love. <laughs> but he ended up ending the season, I think, the fifth or sixth fantasy QB this year. Um, so I have to say, if there's a team that has just as much to prove and to increase their fantasy stock in next mm. year's draft, it's the Green Bay Packers. If the Green Bay Packers can go into Dallas, mm. put up mm-hmm. a game, maybe, and this is one of the games where I think could be an upset, if they can upset Dallas in Dallas, I mean, I think that just proves how good Jordan Love really is. And he can be considered a top five, six QB next year when drafts come around. And not to mention your rookie wide receivers, Jaden Reed, mm-hmm. um, Dontavian Wicks. Like these are guys before the season that you didn't even bat an eye to. And, you know, halfway through the season, 
you know, people were picking him up and I think they ended the season strong. So these are guys that I think next year can be year two breakouts. To Jordan Love thing, this is more of a gut feeling than an actual analytic thing. Jordan Love could look good in these playoffs, but I still feel like people are going to sleep on him next year. Like, he could finish the season five or six, but he'll be drafted maybe 10, 11, 12 out of QBs. Let me throw this out there to you real quick. Okay. Are you taking Jordan Love or Trevor Lawrence next year? Both are on the board. It's your turn to pick. You're going QB. And I've I've slept on everybody else, right? So I'm I'm flirting with QB eight nine right here. Uh, yeah, you decided to wait on QB till you know the sixth seventh round, and here they are. You got Trevor Lawrence. You got Jordan Love. My my gut's saying Trevor Lawrence, but my, I think if I did more more of a deep dive into the statistics, I'd probably convince myself Jordan Love. So I'm gonna say Jordan Love. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm going Jordan Love. Um, Trevor Lawrence is my probably won't draft again player. And I know there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of offseason hate on Trevor Lawrence, calling him a bust. Give him one more year. If he can't pull it together this next year in 2024, then I think we can start considering him a bust. But um, you can't I really mean, count the Urban. You can't count his rookie year too much. And you can't, you can't really count the Urban Meyer year. I mean, Urban Meyer was in bars at 3 a.m. in the morning talking to college <laughs> girls um, instead of preparing for, you know, Sunday's game. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But if he can't pull it together in this next year and be a top, you know, 10, 8 QB in fantasy or just a top 10, 8 QB in real life, like, I think that's it. Like, pull the plug. Um, what I he's think, not going to be I- what you thought he was. What I think Trevor Lawrence has the capability of being, and we'll see if we're if I'm off base about this, he has the potential to be that quarterback that everyone doesn't want to draft. So they pick him up, you know, maybe the 11th, 12th, 13th QB, you know, maybe some people have a good QB. They're not sure of. So they take him as a second QB, you know, and he has the potential to being like Kirk cousins or Jared Goff, where it's like, you're expecting 16, 17 point games. And then all of a sudden he's throwing out some random 20 point games, the mix in there. And it looks a lot better than it was, but um, he has potential to finish top 10 QB next year. He also has the potential to finish 15, 16, 17, right? So it's Trevor Lawrence is going to be an interesting off season discussion. Yeah. I take Jordan live over him uh, outside of the, okay. Let me put it to you this way on paper. The Cowboys should beat the Packers. On paper. Like, as much credit as you give in the Packers offense, the Cowboys defense should be better than the Don't Packers. forget that the, the, the Green Bay defense is pretty good, too. They're solid, right? And Tony Pollard can't get into the end zone. So, Real quick, but, because you mentioned to- Tony Pollard's name, Derrick Henry to the Cowboys next year. I'm going to keep saying this all <laughs> offseason. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make, make it happen. I, I call Jerry Jones and tell him make it happen. When we when we get into our next discussion about coaches, I think that's a good point. Where I think me and you will have a little back and forth on Derrick Henry. Um, okay, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, when it, uh, I think the Cowboys might actually cowboy this, and yes, you said like lose the game. It might be a really tight defensive matchup, and it just comes down to who could score seventeen points first, kind of thing. Um, who's who's going to be able to kick that fourth field goal of the game? 
Like, because, like I said, the Cowboys might just Cowboy this, but on paper, the Cowboys should win this game. But are you going with the Packers? I think it'll be a good game, but I think the Cowboys this okay. year have a chip, a bigger chip on their shoulder. It's just been growing over the past few years, and I think they're gonna they're gonna pull it off. They'll pull it off. I, I think. I, well, okay. yeah. we can get into predictions later, but I, I'm gonna say the Cowboys are gonna win. I think the Cowboys will win. Yeah, um, but I think it's gonna be a lot closer than people expect it to be. I I do think palms are going to be sweaty in the fourth quarter of that game. I don't think any, I think yeah. Cowboy fans are going to look stressed in the stands at AT and T Stadium. They're going to be um, hugging their girlfriends. They're going to be sad because they're going to be down by like three points with two minutes to go, and it's just on Dak at that point, right? It's going to be like one of those games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And then to end that Sunday slate of games, we got Brian's Los Angeles Rams against the Detroit Lions and this is going to be a good game. This one it was it was hard for me to really stick to one to stick to one winner although mm-hmm. there'll only be one winner. It was hard for me to decide do I think the Lions pull this off or do I think the Rams come in and have a big upset. I think it's going to be a close game. I think there's going to be just back and forth touchdown. I think this might be the highest scoring game of no, I'll take this that. of this weekend of wild well, Which card means weekend. it won't because we said it, but <laughs> yeah, that's usually how it works. But I have the Lions pulling it off, okay, by a narrow margin, and it's going to be like Stafford is going to come back. He's going to have a good game. Jared Goff is going to have a good game. All the weapons on each team are going to have good games. But I just don't think that the Rams are going to be able to finish. Um, I don't think their defense is that good, and so I think that's kind of that's going to be their weak spot that they need to fix in the off season. But I think the Lions come out, they win, they move on to the next round. Well, this is uh, I'm combining the Cowboys and the Chiefs takes I Chiefs take I've had earlier, and like just reversing it and being a hypocrite with this one. I'm going to go with the Rams simply because of using the Chiefs argument. They've been here before, or at least most of the important players have been here before. This is basically a brand new team than the Super Bowl run. And I feel like Sean McVay has been here before. I do. And I do feel like the Rams are kind of on a hot streak right now too themselves. They have their whole, everyone's healthy on offense. Karen Williams might run for like 115 yards or something like that. I, I know I do, the Lions are pretty good against running backs. Just throwing yeah, that out there. It hasn't stopped Karen Williams this year, I feel like. So I'm going to pick the Rams, but I want to throw something out there. I don't think I, I, I'm a Rams fan, but I don't think I'd be absolutely pissed off. If Jared Goff kind of got some redemption and followed the story. And then Detroit, who's missed the playoffs so many years, continues to have a run in the playoffs. And this is coming from someone, you know, the Rams won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. And Matthew Stafford's like a god in Detroit. And I feel like if he goes in there and ruins Detroit's chances of continuing in the playoffs, he ruins that for himself. He won't be a god there anymore. They'll hate him. So I feel like the story is written that Detroit, you know, knocks off their former QB, continues moving on. 
But I'm going to pick the Rams because you know what? I think football is a heartless sport. <laughs> and the Rams have enough weapons offensively and I'll be on defensively to keep the game close. And if the game is close in the fourth quarter, I'm taking Matthew Stafford over Jared Goff in the Lions. I'm just putting it like that. No, that, that's, that's good. I'm going to throw this out there before we move on. Yeah. Because you make really good points, but Detroit is playing for their city. Oh, yeah. Detroit is playing for everybody in that city. They're putting the city on the back, and they're doing something that hasn't been done in, jeez, decades. And I don't feel the Rams have the city on their back the way Detroit does. Oh, absolutely. And And so that is... This is not analytical. This is not scientific. It's just my personal opinion. I think that is going to be the extra boost that Detroit has that is going to help them, you know, beat the, I, beat the Rams I, this weekend. I think most football fans want a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl, you know, if they're being okay, unbiased. Only Ravens, only Ravens and 49ers uh, fans want uh, that. Okay. <laughs> but, 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 I, I, but give me a Browns-Lions Super Bowl. I'll be and happy I, with that. And I'm, I'm watching that all the way through. And I, to be honest, I don't know who I'd root for in that situation. Maybe the Lions. It'd be so. hard. It'd be hard. Yeah. Because yeah. I want to see Joe Flacco win with the Browns. Yeah. But at the know. same time, like it'd be nice to see Detroit win mm-hmm. from you know being so long since they made the playoffs. And so and like to be honest, if I wasn't a Rams fan, I'd probably just pick the Lions. But I have I have that weird gut feeling that the Rams are gonna do something. Like every time I thought the Rams are gonna lose this year, they pulled off some stupid win and it frustrated me because I wanted them to get Caleb. So why not do it again? Right? <laughs> so uh right. we'll see. We'll this see. Is, this is the week where you pick them and they're gonna lose. <laughs> you know what? And then it's fine. <laughs> you know, like then the Lions move on, maybe the Browns move on move on and I get the Super Bowl I wanted. We're gonna wrap up this playoff wild card weekend prediction with Monday night football, Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not going to get too much into detail. I'm taking the Bucks. I give think the, they're going to pull off an upset. Give me the Bucks too. I don't want to see the Eagles succeed. I I and to be honest, I don't like the Bucks either. I want them eliminated by the next round probably. I I have I don't know why I don't like the franchise. I don't like the Philadelphia franchise. Pick two teams that I wish the game just never happened. It's this one. But <laughs> but it's but it's uh but I want the Bucks. I want the upside. I want Baker Mayfield to go. Wait, is Tampa Bay home? Yes, because Tampa Bay won their division. The Eagles are a wild card team. Wow, I didn't even know that. I looked at. I was looking at the score right now. I'm like, wait, the Bucks are on the bottom. That is correct. Yeah, yep. The Bucks are the home team. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles fell apart <laughs> at toward the end of the they're season. With, they're dealing with injuries. And Baker, and you know what? I'll put it to you like this. Baker's not going to be scared of the moment. He's going to gunsling the entire game. And That's what Phil, I love about Baker Mayfield. And, and if and Baker Mayfield's one of my favorite Rams players of all time. He played like three games for us. <laughs> like If he goes in there, gunslings it, Eagles are just going to have to find a way to counter that. You, you can't go into this game with a game script with Baker Mayfield. Like, he he's just going to do the... He's just going to pull off some miraculous win, and I, I, I love to see it. But Bucks, I, I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping for it because I'm tired of Eagles fans, like just 
I won't I won't get into it, but like it's just too much. So I'm taking the Bucks. I think you're right. Let's get a Baker miracle. And uh since this is a great segue into our next segment here, if the Eagles do in fact lose on Monday night, do you think that they should move on from Nick Sirianni, the head coach? No. I don't think they should. I think All right. like just like if I'm going I'm one of those people who don't like I think when you have a solid coach who's doing a solid job, you should move on. He's had a rough seven week span here, but before that seven week span they were ten and one. And then before then they were in the Super Bowl. Like you can't you like you shouldn't have a short, narrow mind on how he's he's been. He's actually been a really good coach for Philadelphia. And they would be dumb to let him go. Now, if he has a uh, let's just say an eight and eight season next year, then yeah, you could look you could look go of him because he had the rough seven weeks, lost the playoffs this year, and then had a mid season. Then yeah, you could look go of him then, but not I wouldn't let go of him now. Okay, yeah, I guess I can agree with that. Were were you leaning on him that he should go? <laughs> Uh, you know what? I just, I won't yeah, get into the Eagles. You know, the, like the expectations are there. Like they got rid of Doug Peterson when he was good. I think Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl with them, right? He sure and, did. And, and, then, and then they like let him go like two minutes later. He, like, went, he went. Well, no, I think he went one more year, and then they let him go the year after. Yeah, that's right. Then they have like a mid season or something like that, and yeah, well. You know, speaking of coaches getting fired, um, obviously there were a few during the season. You had Frank Wright, Frank Reich getting let go. Mm-hmm. You had Josh McDaniels. You know what's funny is I'm going to throw this out there. <laughs> the Madden thing, because it's just, you know we're 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 just having fun now that fantasy season is over. But Brian and I play Madden together, and obviously I'm a Chiefs fan, as you all know, and so like. You know, Brian and our other friend were hesitant to recommend, you know, hey, let's use the, the Raiders. And so I said, hey, you know what? Let's use the Raiders, whatever, right? Let's have some fun. And so we're playing online against, you know, three other random people. And, you know, we're we're doing a pretty decent job. Brian's calling the defense. He's making stops. And I say, hey, man, we got to play for Josh McDaniel's job because the graphic on Madden <laughs> still has Josh McDaniel's. And so I so thought that was very right, funny. Too. And it still has Frank Wright, but he's actually, I think, the coach for the Panthers, right? Or the Colts. I'm sorry, the Colts. The, the, the so. best the best part is my favorite one, even though I don't know this one gets enough credit. Sean Payton's still the coach of the the Saints. Like the, the, we're the, talking about we're talking about the graphics, yeah. of the coach when you know it pans to the sideline and it shows the coach. Like Sean Payton is still the graphic for the Saints, and Frank Reich is still the graphic for the Colts, and so. EA, if you ever get a chance, you listen to this podcast, please update your graphics because we didn't pay full price to see old coaches. So there you um, go. that's my spiel. After Josh McDaniels got fired, you know, a few weeks later, you got Brandon Staley getting fired, mm-hmm. you know, and then you got, this is my favorite one of all of them. This one is, and I think it's everybody's favorite because it's going to turn the tide of this franchise the Atlanta Falcons fired Arthur Smith. Yep. And I think that although you never want somebody to lose their job, this is the one time where I think like is the exception. Okay. 
I uh, think this is the exception to the rule of wishing someone bad. And I know like he's going to be fine. He's going to find another job or, you know, he's going to inherit his father's millions and billions of dollars. So he's good. He's fine. If whether he has this job or not, I think for the fantasy community, this is a big win. We all came together and we all wished it together mm-hmm. that they would let him go this off season. When Bijan Robinson only gets two carries within the five yard line, like, no man, like I can call better plays than that. So even if that was the case, then have that game scripted that that's the case. You know what I mean? Like if that's the case, then Tyler Jerry will get those carries every single time. But that's not even hundred percent. That's not even Cordell Patterson had just as many carries in the <clears throat> within the five yard line as Bijan Robinson. That is not acceptable. Right. That is not so. acceptable. So I'm excited to see who they bring in. Dude, I, think, I, I think a lot of people are going to be stoked about this. And I think what the Falcons are going to do, they're going to get a high-profile offensive-minded coach. Todd Munkin. And I think everyone's going to overvalue Falcons players next year. And I'm not saying that they're going to do bad, but I do think people are going to be like, Kyle Pitts might be the second tight end off the board. Or... Drake London's going to be a top wide receiver off the board, or Bijan Robinson's going to be a top five running back off the board. I'm and not, I, I'm not gonna. I, I think some people are going to start feeling that way. I'm not going to jump to the conclusion that they're going to go from zero to hero that quick, but they definitely jump up. They definitely jump up the uh, the draft board. I think out of the three, the biggest jump is going to be Kyle Pitts. You think so? Because the tight end position is just so there's no depth in the tight end position. I think that this is the opportunity and the sign that we've been waiting for that it's going to be Kyle Pitts season. I know we've been saying that for the past three years, but or two like, years. It feels like Kyle Pitts has been in the NFL for eight years already. That's how. That's how. Like how long it we've does, been waiting. It does. But I think. I think this is the season where he's gonna he's gonna enter that top five discussion. Oh, I think I think someone's gonna draft him top five, and I think honestly it's gonna be. No, I'm saying he's gonna end top five, oh, not where he gets drafted, okay, okay. but he's gonna return his value. Because I think people are gonna look at Travis Kelsey, Sam Laporta if he's healthy, um, T.J. Hawkinson if he's healthy, and if they're not healthy, then that even helps Kyle Pitts's draft status even more. And then maybe Dalton Kincaid, Mark Andrews, maybe likely. But then like those those are all based on like health and stuff like that too. So well, like likely uh, is not really relevant unless Mark Andrews isn't there, right? So that's I I, I should have said slash <laughs> slash Andrews likely. <laughs> so so I think Kyle I think people are gonna look at Kyle Pitch and think this. Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts, and think the ceiling. Excuse me. <laughs> I think the ceiling's going to be there. I think people are going to pick the ceiling over the floor, and that's how you win championships. That's how you win championships. You're right. You pick the ceiling over the floor. We don't have to get really into a big discussion about it, but I'm excited. No, no. You know, a, obviously, we'll, we'll have more discussions of it when a coach is actually hired. It's the most relevant coaching firing, except for fantasy. I think. Um, I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's the most yeah relevant fantasy wise. Um, also, Ron Rivera was fired 
This one's interesting. I don't know necessarily for fantasy, but I'm going to make a case. They have a brand new ownership. And they just fired. I think they fired. Did they fire the GM too? I I I I might have to clarify that. I'll have to look at that. I'm not sure, but so Ron Rivera is gone though. So I think this team's going to go above and beyond, trying to make this team relevant and good. And I think the move they're going to make, and we'll have a discussion about this in the next segment. I think they move up to the number one draft pick in this draft. I think they move the pieces, the assets, and everything they need to do, and they go get the franchise quarterback. And Caleb Williams grew up in the DMV area. Going back home, playing for his hometown team, the Washington Commanders with Caleb Williams next year. We'll get into why I think that may happen in the next segment, but I think they're going to go big. I think the Commanders are going to do something big this offseason. Yeah, no, that's a good take. Um, they did not fire their GM. Okay, so he's still there. Okay, I think so in, he's still there. There's another team that fired both. Was that? I don't know. We'll 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 have a look that up later. Yeah, but I I agree with you. I think that they can make a run for that number one. What do you do with Sam Howell if you draft Caleb Williams? Oh, you ship him out or you keep him as your backup? Kind mm-hmm. of use Zach Wilson him like if. Or you might let him know, like, hey, we're going to take a number one overall quarterback. Sam Hell, you can start the season. and then, But we're going to probably try to ease the number one pick in at, by week four kind of thing. I mean, if you're taking Caleb Williams, he's not sitting on the bench week one. That's what, that's what I'm thinking, right? So, <laughs> like, but you're, not, I, you're not drafting Caleb Williams to sit on your bench on week one. Let's get that right. You're right. You're right. Uh, so I would say Sam I know Howell, that was a slip up, but... <laughs> Sam 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 Howell will probably be getting the Zach Wilson treatment. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Like, I'm not making fun of you. I just it, it's not it's not the first time that's happened though. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. But okay. it just but because I would... these these you know Caleb Williams is coming out as like one of the top three prospects ever a once in a lifetime a generational talent he's not gonna sit on the bench week one so, and I, like i said I, I don't know why it's so funny to me maybe i'm just in a good mood today you're like, you're, you're you're you know what i'm gonna say this you're 100 percent right but your question was what do they do with sam howell and i was like i don't know i guess they keep him or trade him yeah. and if they keep him maybe he'll start week one but i don't know like it's just yeah, he'd be know. a decent backup a pretty good backup actually yeah, I think so. Like, I think, like, I, like, I mean, they had to, they had to figure out is Sam Hell the future? I mean, at, at first, in the first half of the season, I might have said, "Oh yeah, we can rock with Sam Hell." <laughs> there, there was moments where you were like, huh? <laughs> and then there, yeah, yeah. and then like probably the last five, six weeks of the season, he just he looked really bad. Yeah. So he decided to start throwing it to the defensive players. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. But. Sam Howell over Caleb Williams. Am I am I starting that conversation? <laughs> <laughs> At least not not in today's episode. Um, and then to end this real quick, um, this is the biggest surprise. No, I don't think anybody saw this coming. I didn't see it coming. I wasn't expecting it. Mike Vrabel of the Tennessee Titans was also fired today, um, or this, when this podcast so, dropped yesterday. <laughs> so this was a huge sign that they're just going to rebuild because I think they did not want, and I know it's going to sound stupid, but NFL is a business 
they didn't want <laughs> someone who's going to go out there trying to win games. And I'll, I'll, to prove that point, the Rams might be in that same category, right? They have a coach that wanted to go win games when the, maybe the franchise wasn't ready for that. <laughs> and now they're in the playoffs. Titans, I think, are in a similar situation. They have a coach there that is going to want to win games. I don't think he's going to be on board with a full rebuild. But I, apparently, <laughs> they're going to try to trade him. But then they thought that was too complicated, so they decided just to let him go. Like, the season ended six days ago. <laughs> like, I don't know why they couldn't just try to figure that out a little bit. That That seems super odd to me. Like, try to trade him. If you could trade him for anything, trade him for anything. Get an asset back. He's one He's one of the winningest coaches in, like, the modern era. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I I don't... I Unless you're going, like you said, into full rebuild mode, like, why would you get rid of Mike Rabel? So, so... Mike Rabel, man. <laughs> so... My jaw got heavy on that. So, so getting back but, to your thing, you're thinking Derek Henry, Cowboys. I'm I'm manifesting okay. Derrick Henry did the Cowboys. Derrick Henry will fill the Ezekiel Elliott role and Tony Pollard can jump back onto that change of pace back and he can be as dominant as he was last season when Zeke was there. Because I don't think he's built to run between the tackles. No. And you can't, I think do, you can't do it in real you life. Had Derek Henry, uh, if you had Derrick Henry and Tony Pollard as a one-two punch, I mean, gosh, it doesn't get any better. Uh, behind a, a Dallas Cowboy offensive line, it doesn't get any better than that. I'm going to I'm going to say this right now before because I think this offseason we're going to have some wild takes. I think Derrick Henry having top twenty running back fantasy value is done in his career. He could probably have high upside flex value. But if your scenario happens to the Cowboys, I'll give you he'll be a top 20. He'll probably be top 10, maybe top 15 running back next year. But that's if the Cowboys situation happens. I think most other places, he he's he'll maybe high upside flex player. He's not going to be a top 20 running back at all. He's not going to go to a team where he's second fiddle. You think so? You think he's going to try to go to a team here? He's like the guy. He's going to go to a team where he's going to get playing time. Why would you go to a team? Because that like, if you think about still, it. I think he still has at least two good years in him. This year, I know it wasn't good on paper, but you know what? He ended the season as the number two rusher in the league behind so, Christian McCaffrey. So I'll, I'll give you this. He is built. He did that on limited touches. Compared he, to the season before. And that's the thing. He needs the volume. He's built to withstand the outlier of being a age 28 running back and older. He's, he's built differently than most. He, like, I'm going to say this, like, there's only a few that I could pop in my head. Adrian Peterson, most are maybe Frank Gore before, like, five years before he started just being on teams for no reason. So I would say he's built to do it. But usually when players start moving teams and they start getting into new systems, usually, and they're 28 or older, they're usually not the same person. And they're You're generalizing. I don't care You're if generalizing. I'm generalizing. You're generalizing. There, there's, I'm sorry. All, there's only, like, he could be an outlier, but there's only a few outliers to this. 
he he if he's an outlier he's an outlier but i don't think he's gonna be an outlier derrick henry's built different he's not of this planet last season he had 349 rushing attempts this season he only had 280 and he still managed to come in second on the rushing you know leaderboard behind only christian mccaffrey and christian mccaffrey had uh, a 22 percent um, opportunity share. Derrick Henry had a nineteen percent. So, um, not very much. But I'm gonna I'm gonna name you another team where okay, I actually, where, team. where I think he could actually be the guy. Carolina Panthers. Well, yeah, anyone could be the guy. You could be the guy there. <laughs> I can uh, be the guy. I think a lot of players who leave their teams usually stay in the division. I think you add them to Houston. And they finally have a workhorse back that actually could, you know, get five yards of carry and, you know, could put the ball in the end zone on the goal line. I I think he could I think he could do that. Now, I don't know if that means Devin Singletary needs to take a seat back. I don't know if Devin Singletary is even signed for next season. I have to look into that. Damian Pierce, backup running back at this point, unless proven otherwise. You know, so yeah, I think that's another. I'm, I'm trying to think of other yeah, no, teams. You're right. Devin Singletary signed a one year contract. So yeah, with Houston. Yeah. If he went to Houston, that'd be the biggest, you know, um, uh, heel turn. Yeah, you think so? I would say right because he I, owned Houston. Yeah, and but now it, he's going to go play for Houston. But I think you're right. I think I didn't really think of that, but I think that would be good. It'd be it'd be a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid landing spot for him. I'm trying to think. There's not really another team in the NFL that needs a running back. Like maybe if Nick Chubb's not ready to go, Cleveland could use him. You know, if maybe if Baltimore wants to just like take in a power back and kind of let the Gus Edwards thing go. Uh, outside yeah. of that, there's there's not a ton. I'm sure there's a, someone's like, hey, what about this team? You know, like like I said, anyone could go to the Patriots and be good, right? Or anyone could be the best running back on, I don't know, like the Bills could maybe, but like Jeff James Cook, like it's it's there's not a lot of teams that are going to need a 30 year old running back next season. And keep in mind, some teams are going to draft rookies that they're going to plan to start. Stop. So stop. Stop it with the hate. And, and I'm going to be real with you. Please. Even if he goes to the Cowboys, he's not technically top dog there. Please. So. No, I'm, I don't think there'll be an official top dog. All right. There wasn't a top dog with Zeke and Pollard. No, there, there, was, both a, there, 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 there was a top dog until Zeke started to slow down. And then it was Pollard. But there was a top dog. Zeke still, Zeke still led in touches. Yeah, because he was Pollard just was Pollard made more <laughs> opportunity with his touches. It wasn't far off, but right. I think it was a pretty pretty close split. I think this is going to be an interesting offseason. And to be honest, when he picks his team, I might have a, a different tone. But right now, January you tenth, January tenth, I think he. You've said it on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Any running back over twenty seven, you're Leo, you're Leonardo DiCaprio. Twenty eight, I said twenty eight. You're Leonardo DiCaprio of running backs. If they're over twenty eight, 
you don't even glance, bat an eye to them. I usually don't. So, yeah. so and you know I, what? I drafted one. La- I drafted one last year, and it bit me in the ass. So, Are you talking about Austin Eckler? I'm talking about Austin Eckler. That's a whole different story. Let's not get how's into that, that. How's that, that different story? He's the same same age. I don't think that his age had was the reason why he had a terrible season this year. I'm just saying it might not be age. I'm just saying once they turn 28, things are just not working anymore. That's just how it works. Give me shares of Derrick Henry. I'll still take them. All right. Now, Derrick Henry in the third or fourth, fifth round next year, I think ball out of the ballpark. Oh, he's pick. not going to be. He's not going to be a first or second. He, round He's going to be out of the ballpark home run pick if you give him the third, fourth, or fifth round next year. I think, but you're not. You're not taking him. If he, if you were to be okay, if he signed with Houston, would you take him in the second round? No, probably not. If he signed with the Cowboys, would you take him in the second round? Hmm. Maybe the end of the second round. If I had like one of those. At the back end of the second round, beginning of the third round, yeah, okay. I might jump ADP to pick him up. Okay. All right. Uh, this podcast has gone a, a lot longer than I think I expected. Do you want to move on to some draft stuff, or you want to save that for next week's episode? I think we'll save it as we get closer okay. to the draft. We don't want to bog you guys down all right. with all the draft talk. I think Brian and I are just excited, you know, it's basically, you know, yeah, the season's over, but we're ready to start the next season and jump into that. But Brian, can you let the people know where they can find us on X? On X, you can find us at OT Fantasy F Ball. Lately, we've been replying to some people, giving our opinions. Please, when we start telling you things on X, give us your opinions on us. We want to know when we're wrong. We're going to be releasing some rankings really soon. And I want you to let us know if we're off beat on that. Let us know if we're stupid. Let us know if we're right. You know, and you can find our podcast wherever you find your podcasts. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you find your podcasts. You know, subscribe, let us know, tell us you enjoy it. I think we're going to have a lot of fun off-season discussions because you know what? Most of it's just going to be based on speculation. (laughs) And then... Once we get into the season, it's all facts and it's all stats. But right now, it's just speculation and high hopes. So, yep. Yeah, I have to say the offseason is going to be really fun, especially around draft time and especially the day or night of the draft. So, as always, we're not fortune tellers, but we're fortunate enough to bring you the NFL Wild Card Weekend. I'm Steven. As always, with me is Brian. This is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll catch you guys on the next one.